What's wrong with you people? How do y'all feel this morning? Why do you always make me define what you meant? What? That's how I feel. I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. Hello and welcome to the Reformatory, the podcast for the local church by the local church. My name is John Schlaftis, and I'm here with who are you again? Josephius Jackius Barius over here. <laughs> nice, <laughs> Attaway. That's beautiful, uh, dude. How you doing, man? I mean, I could be better. <laughs> things, I think both of I think both of us could say that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Life's crazy, man. Yeah, yeah life's life crazy. Is, I mean, is Jesus is still king. We're still saved. We've got we the gospel. Are, we are still alive. We still have blood in our veins and air in our lungs. So yes, we do. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. God is good. But yeah, dude, it's Reformation Month. That is Reformation true. Month. I love Reformation Month. I turn into a like a giddy little kid during Reformation Month. You weren't about. See, this is how you. This is how you can tell on the podcast of how we grew up as kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I didn't grow up in the church. It was no. all about. The Halloween, Halloween. Sir. yeah, yeah, the yeah. Costumes, we didn't. My family didn't do Halloween. Up. We did. We did fall festivals or harvest, <laughs> but we did. We did Reformation parties. Oh, is what yeah. we did. That's right. Uh, so you would. It was basically Halloween. <laughs> Just you Halloween dressed up. Light. It was. It was Halloween <laughs> without like. Yeah, you you dressed up as your favorite. Bible character or refer or, or, or reformer, <laughs> right? So I dressed up as Spurgeon, of course. <laughs> I mean, he's technically not a reformer, yeah. but still, I mean, it counted. It, he he was like the honorary mention. Yeah, like he was. you can do reformers, Astrid, Bible characters, or or Spurgeon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. No, no, we didn't do we didn't do Halloween. We didn't do Halloween. We I grew up like we in order to like we were creative in my household. So my mom would actually make sometimes our own costumes. And you want to talk about dude so, homemade costumes? Okay, wait, wait, wait. They is this weren't. Like, is this like a sheet with like hot, like with like eye holes cut out? And not, like, there you go. Not go to ahead. that level. Go ahead. But it's like I was hu- like as a kid. You got to remember, I like the first major huge motion picture that I ever saw was like Star Wars: A New Hope. Oh, okay. So All right. I was super into the original Star Wars trilogy when I grew up as a kid, like starting at like age like six from on. So when the Halloweens from six and on happened, you better believe Luke Skywalker. I wanted no, 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 no. I wanted to dress up as Hold Storm. On. Oh, okay. Sorry, I, I was going to guess. But, oh, okay. Or as Darth Vader. I wouldn't have guessed that. You're you're going dark side. Yeah. You, or you're like the bad guys. Or even like Boba Fett. Okay. So what we would do, we were like, well, we're not blowing. I mean, we really. I mean, at that point in time in history, we really didn't have Star Wars costumes. We had some like really. You'd have to like make masks. your own to make it look like. I a remember. Star Wars I only remember one costume that I bought, and it was a Darth Vader costume, and it came with the really chintzy like two D mask, not like the now pe- right. kids the, are like the wearing their helmet. own like yeah, yeah, full yeah. on like three D built helmet and everything, with, like a voice modulator yeah. in there. Yeah. No, we didn't have that. We had 
we had the satin kind of cape and then printed on. I had that for one of my Darth Vader costumes, but then I had my mom made me a stormtrooper outfit and I bought the mask myself and she made it and she basically like just sewed it together to my dimensions and we just kind of like painted on the kind of armor. That's legit, <laughs> dude. Um and then sometimes we even uh, took like cardboard and like painted it to make it look like armor sticking off. On yeah, it. totally, totally. And then for Boba Fett, I remember taking uh, a milk carton, cutting out part of a milk carton, and then using cardboard to make my own Boba Fett like helmet. Dude, it was That's I was solid. it was a creative time as a kid. Oh, totally. I mean, I was a heathen, but. I- <laughs> Yeah, well, it's okay. It's still creative. Like it's fine. <laughs> but I mean, like for for me growing up, like that was a fun time. I think the the most burnt memory I have was uh, Halloween. I think it was on a Friday or Thursday or Friday, and it snowed. This is in the Central Washington Dude, area. Legit. I don't know if you've had this happen to you before up there where you grew up, but it snowed, and man, it was like, well. We done with we done with fall now. We going straight into winter. Winter to Christmas, <laughs> like in an instant. I think that was the year too where it snowed like six feet in like forty eight hours, like during the winter time frame. It was the wow. Really so bad you like you like barely got home from trick or tre- trick or treating and had to like shovel your driveway out. It was. It was I think it snowed like at least a good at least a good like three or four inches that night. Okay, going wow. in from October into November. So well, that's. Hey, dude, it's a good memory, though. It's a good memory. So, honest question here, then. I have to ask, and I will try to think of an answer as well. Okay. But you now, if you had to dress up for Halloween costume, let's say money's not an object, okay? Like, someone's sponsoring you to be like, Jack, we're going to sponsor the most incredible Halloween costume for you to go trick or treating in. What are you choosing? Who are you dressing up as? Like, and it's I'm talking like Hollywood level, like authentic. We're gonna make you look like this person or this thing. That's a that's a tough decision. Um, <laughs> I've got my pick for you, but okay. Okay. But, but you got my pick for me. Yes, I do, I do, I do, I do. I think it's pretty um, solid. I mean, whew, that's a really tough question. I mean, bef- if it was, if I had specialized makeup people and everything, I'm yeah, going yeah. Wolverine. I'm going Wolverine, dude. That's my pick for you. I've dressed. <laughs> dude, I've, that's literally the pick that I had for you. I have. I have dressed up as Wolverine. I have pictures of this too. I've dude, dressed you've up. Got, as, like you've got the be- like like you can do the you can do the huge mutton chops. We'll get you some like some like knives to put in between your fingers. I, you got the cigar. Like your hair would just need to be a little longer. Yeah, I know. Uh, so actually, and you need to be shredded. <laughs> yeah, I mean obviously, but you get a body I am suit. I am the right size because Wolverine was a smaller man. He in is. The he's tiny. And but I did when during Halloween's back in the day, like I would say in middle school days, I would my hair was long enough that I could actually like style it like Wolverine like, like, and like, like, like hairspray it together. Like bring the edges up a little yep. bit to like make little horns. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, I used to I used to do that and like it was a hit. Like and then I I found I think the last time I dressed up as Wolverine was maybe like Two thousand. Be honest. 15, how 2015, long? 15. 15. 2015. We're talking only five, six, had, seven years ago. I had a, I had an old man leather jacket. Um, I found some claws, like some legitimate claws off of. They were just like plastic, hard plastic. So you put them on, oh, no and you would way. grab them like that. And then I found a, a Wolverine wig, 
And then I was just having a cigar the entire time. <laughs> Calling <laughs> everyone, <laughs> Bub. I know. Get out of here, Bub. Bub. It was funny. I had a white beater on and everything like that. That is, that's, it was probably that's so one of the, funny. Probably one of the better costumes that I've had in my life. But I used to, I was able to in my younger days in middle school. Like, I grew my hair out, and yeah, I could style it up as like well, you, you hair, you, like you're a hairy guy. You probably had a beard in middle school too, didn't you? I, like, <laughs> seventh grade, it was like it yep, was starting to yep, starting to come seventh in. Seventh grade was coming in real nice for me. That's so. legit. <laughs> well, that was literally my pick for you. That's it amazing. was the mu- I actually had better sideburns. I had sideburns and a mustache that were growing in really good in the seventh grade at yes, the time, dude. and then going into high school. But yeah, it was. That that is that's legit. Yeah, that's legit. Yeah. Well, mine. So ah, money, no object. I got to think of something that would be good, like that I could actually pull off. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because like, I mean, the kid in me wants to be like Batman, but I'm a short fat guy. <laughs> so it's just not how no matter how you work it, no money is going to make it look good. But right? I feel like if you could pull it off. Okay, what's your pick? Go uh, go for it. My pick is something within the Incredible Hulk universe. Somehow you take like Gladiator Hulk from like Thor Ragnarok Ooh. and they do it to you, man. Like they I like dud it up. I could I I could get behind that. Like that like, like Hulk like, from Ragnarok. Yeah. Like when he's got like the the, the gladiator club, stuff yeah, and like, like the that. gladiator it looks helmet. I, I I would could say get that. Into that. I would say I mean, this is this is taking it this is a deep cut right now. Yeah, yeah, go for it. You could try and do if it was money no object and you had like legit makeup it, artists. It's money no object. Abomination. Oh. Anyone? I mean, basically, you look at the Hulk comics and he's fighting all these different creatures. A wampa, if you will, from Star Wars. A wampa. <laughs> you could have. That could be you a could wampa. have like you could somehow you could make. Why don't it. I just be Jabba? Like <laughs> I could just freaking be Jabba the Hutt. Maybe. Let's yeah, just I mean. do it. Or or I could be I could be. <laughs> Boba Fett from The Mandalorian because he's a little pudgy. Oh yeah, he's got a little he's got a little pudge. Uh, dude, dressing up as Boba Fett would be legit awesome. You could like it, again if money was no option or, or no no object. Yeah, you could get you could get like a jetpack that like actually like shoots like fire smoke stuff. or like fire yeah. stuff out. That would be awesome. I think Daniel Radcliffe, the guy who played Harry Potter, showed up to a convention full regalia. Like oh. authentic Empire Strikes Back. See, I'm he's a homeschool kid, so I have to pretend <laughs> that I don't know what Harry Potter is. Who? Wearing, Who wearing, <laughs> wearing yeah. he was wearing the helmet. He took it off, and some kids recognize him from the Harry Potter, and they were like, like oh freaking my out. Gosh. Like, it was like, like worlds colliding. Character and stuff. She's like Harry. <laughs> he has nerd. It's like nerd, nerd cult worlds colliding. Yeah. Like <laughs> the Potter universe with Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. All right. All right, Wolverine, so, man, you got you got me pegged down right there. Uh, yeah, Josh. well, it was it was pretty easy. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't hard to it wasn't hard to nail down. Like it was in my head right away. I'm I'm happy that we agree. That's funny because my community group leader asked us a question of like, what was your favorite cartoons growing up? And I'm like, I'm I'm dealing with a lot of Gen Xers, so they're talking about things that I don't understand, but I know secondhand from other people. And I'm like, Psh, man, X Men the animated series, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. All these other like '90s cartoons—they're all like child. <laughs> I know, right? child. Well, see, I would do well in that group because yeah, I know, yeah. because my my I was raised on all the old TV shows. Like yep. I'm talking like Hogan's Heroes, Dick Van Dyke Show, uh, McHale's oh, yeah. Navy, uh, 
gosh, like all of those, right? So I, I can, I can work my way around a room of Gen Xers quite easily, and even older. Um, it's, 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 yep. it's people my own age I have trouble with. Yeah, <laughs> because, I know what you mean. I was raised, yeah. I was raised by baby boomers, mind you, and so I skipped, yeah, sure. gen- I skipped a generation, and so now I like listen to Marvin Gaye, and everybody in my generation is like, "Who do you listen to? Like, who are these people that you speak of?" And I'm like. Y'all Marvin slacking. Gay. Y'all slacking right now. <laughs> Y'all slacking. Killing me. Oh, uh, dude. Yeah, legit. Well, dude, being as how it is Reformation Month. Yes, sir. Uh, like I said earlier, my favorite month um, because I am a theology nerd. I'm kind of a dork. I think we, we, both, we both fit into that mold pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, but we wanted to do, for the month of October, a Reformation series, Reformation-themed um, episodes still yep. going to tie it into the local church, but we want to do Reformation Month reformatory style. So we're going to be talking about uh, Reformation as a as as a whole, why it happened, what it is. Uh, we're probably going to do an ep on like the five solas, yep. like their implications to us in our churches, right? Things like that. Um, so I, I'm excited just because I get to I get to nerd out for a little we get bit. To nerd out um, big time. But what you wanted to do, yeah. Is kind of a precursor um, episode. <clears throat> is kind of give us because Jack. If anyone anyone who knows Jack knows two things, he loves cigars <laughs> and he loves church history. That is true. Jack is a church history buff. Um, I thought that I was okay at church history until I met Jack, <laughs> and then I realized that I'm a. Uh, I realized I'm, that, an I'm an infant. I'm an infant. I'm an infant. Um, so what you wanted to do was get, was have an ep where we kind of talked about the lead up to the Reformation, yeah. right? Uh, which is important to talk about because we, we need to understand why the Reformation was necessary, yep. why it happened, and what were the things that that necessitated mm-hmm. a reform, yep. right? Because when we talk about Reformation, it's it's a reforming, it's a it's a turning, it's a going back to something, right? Yeah. What the Reformation obviously was was a returning to the centrality of Scripture, a returning to the true gospel, mm-hmm. a returning to a true understanding of salvation, right? But in order for that to happen, we need to understand why it needed to happen. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I'm going to turn this over to you a little bit. We're going to nerd out, and then I'm going to comment on things like I know what I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> All right. So this is going to basically be like every every like tonight show ever where <laughs> you're going to talk and I'm going to pretend to laugh <laughs> like cuz it's so funny. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I mean where where we find ourselves before the reformation is interesting, even 100 years previous to it and even the culture surrounding of what's happening in the high middle ages and going on within uh, the church, the Roman Catholic Church at the time is really a couple different things. I mean, you have a hundred years before Luther comes on the scene, you have Jan Hus, who's probably what a lot of people say is a precursor. Or John Hus for you <laughs> laymans like me. Jack, it's a funny story. Sorry, I, I, I'm not going to interrupt all the time. But Jack would refer, refer to him as Jan Hus all the time. And in my child, like, I'd be like, who are you talking about? What, who are you? And he's like, oh, oh. John Huss. I'm like, oh, that guy. <laughs> and we but do. But it's pronounced John Huss. And and, yeah. and mind you, we do have a listener, I do believe, down in Portland, Josh Huss. Josh who is Huss. A direct, yes. Direct relative. No. Is he, he is. actually? He is a Josh. Hussite. He is you a are. Hussite. 
Josh, he's like he's actually confirmed this. Like he's traced oh, yes. his back. Oh yes, absolutely. No way. He is of the lineage of J- the what a lineage, dude. He is that? of he is of Jan Hus's. Holy line. smokes! Well, that is legit. Shout out to so J- to Josh Huss. He, uh, That's legit, man. Yeah, Josh goes to uh, Hinson Baptist Church down there in Portland. So shout out to him and his wife. They just had, I think, a baby girl recently. So congrats, Mazel Tov, sir. Ma- um, <laughs> Mazel Tov. <laughs> so you have Jan Hus. Um, I will say that some re- some people within Protestantism talk about Jan Hus as like this pre pre Luther pre Luther the goose, I, right? I will Was say I will say this. There's some pro- there's some myths behind the whole prophecy thing that he said that oh, like that cook this goose and then 100 years from now a swan will uh, something like that. Yeah. That might be that might be a little bit cooked up as well too. There's a little <laughs> there's up. a little tomfoolery there. Oh, okay. So okay. I'm not going to so I will say this. Like just because Jan Hus got um got basically executed for standing up for what was to come with Luther, hit the Hussites did still were still a prominent um, player within European uh, kind of regional relation and religiosity within that time period. Okay, okay. Yeah, and even like even uh, when Luther goes to Leipzig to argue at the university, he says. Someone asks him something. He says, "Ja, ich bin ein Hussite." So he is identifying himself with Jan Hus at the oh, time as okay. well, too. So he's trying to make some play there. But that's a little d- later down the road. So the big things that were going on in the church at the time were a lot. You had structural challenges within the Roman Catholic Church, and why I say structural challenges is because you have, at one time, you had three popes. <laughs> <laughs> three popes of the of the Roman Catholic Church at a time and you had and at that time you had complete integration with church and state. I mean it's 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 choose your own adventure Catholicity man like you know <laughs> which brand do you like you and know? it's crazy too because they were very much divided because at the time you had a lot of French um, popes and so the papacy moved into a place called Avignon in southern France so you had this time period called the Babylonian captivity they call it in church history where uh you're in avignon and the pope is ruling from france not down in rome but then they do uh elect a pope in rome and there's a pope in avignon so you have this dueling and then there's another pope that got inserted in there oh what we would have given for twitter during these days it was it was nuts so you had structural issues like that right where countries Probably the only sane, I think, strong country at the time during this high Middle Ages medieval era is England. England has a lot of, is not, does not have a lot of these things that I'm going to say. The English just were pretty staunch and knew how to kind of follow what they needed to do in order to be strengthened. So you have structural challenges within the church like that. On top of that, you have a lot of moral failings and challenges. And what I mean by moral failings is the fact that uh, you now have a, geez, an absenteeism. So a lot of priests. Oh, of all the priests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of priests who were supposed to rule over their local churches from Just the Roman Catholic up. churches. They weren't showing up. They weren't giving out the sacraments as prescribed in the Roman Catholic tradition, which we would disagree with. But mind you, these are guys who are not leading. Sure. You sure. have a big thing in what we call simony. 
Simony it comes from actually um, the character in Acts, Simon the Sorcerer, yep. who says, I'll just give you this money. Give me the juju yeah, here. Yeah, you know? yeah, show me. Show um, me your ways. Yeah. And so basically what that means is that um, people are paying in order to get positions of power within certain governments that are blessed off by the Roman Catholic Church. So you have that going on. You have, uh, shoot, a lot of other dealings, uh, pluralism, we would call it, where you have a lot of rulers taking over certain positions and not knowing who the actual person is. I mean, and then on top of it, you have, I will say this, to, to give the benefit of the doubt, you don't have this widespread you have this mostly in northern Italy and in eastern France. And then you have it in the Netherlands and in Germany are the main areas where all this crap's going down. So you have that, the moral challenges. Then you have greed mixed into it. People want money. People want all this stuff going. Enter like, indulgences. Hey. Well, yep. Here's the thing. I mean, we'll get to this as well, too. You also have a theological challenge. So with the structural challenge, they were going back to a lot of issues with, hey, we shouldn't have, since we have three popes, let's not do that. Let's not play that game. Let's go back to the councils. Let's have councils to rule over people and to make decisions. But there's a huge chasm that begins as well, too, between the official theology of, of the Roman Catholic Church and what that looks like in the lay people's lives. People at the time, it didn't matter if Thomas Aquinas was writing the greatest theological works at the time in England. The English are not going to give a crap about Thomas Aquinas <laughs> as far as the lay leaders go. Who is going to care is the priests and the people who are at the seminaries and the universities. But other than that, the lay leaders and the lay folk are farmers and mostly peasants and doing very quote-unquote commoner work. Yep, They're not in those positions of power which all these people who are bishops and priests and archbishops and all these other people so you have a division going on there well and keep in mind too that throughout this entire time the modern people of the day had zero access to the word of god yep right because it was primarily in latin yep right so you had the only individuals that were able to read the word of god interpret the word of god and understand what it says were the people that could afford the education which mm -hmm. were the priests uh, and the bishops, right? Yeah. Um, which ended up creating an environment to where, because they were the only ones that could read the source material, yeah. they were the ones that were interpreting the source material <clears throat> any yeah. way they wanted to. Yeah. And so you have the common people, uh, you know, like Jack just mentioned, unable to fact check what was coming from their religious leaders at the time. Yeah. Right? So they were unable to be able to look at the word of God and be like, okay, what they're saying here about salvation or what they're saying here about indulgences or what they're saying here about the, 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 the Pope's authority, whatever it is, they had to take their religious leaders word as gospel because yeah. they did not have the ability to read the word from themselves. And we can automatically guess the atrocities and the abuse that came from that when you're the only one that can read the word of God. And that comes and that leads into the absenteeism. So yep. if I yep. have a question as a lay, a lay folk person and my priest isn't at my local church and I can't talk to him, you're toast. Yeah. There's you're done you for do. You got to make yep. up your own assumptions. And at the time it's very superstition, maybe not a little stitious. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little stitious. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, but you have that. And then a great example of what you just said yeah. is 
this is demonstrated in a guy named Lorenzo Lava. Lorenzo Lava is a super, if you were to put a, uh, a thinker within the high middle, uh, middle ages or high medieval era as like a guy to go to, it's him because he is a absolute like beacon of understanding Latin. And he actually, this is an interesting thing because the Roman Catholic church was very much syncretistic at the time, meaning that the government and the Roman Catholic church were working together and why they interpreted it that way during the high middle e- mid- uh, medieval era is because there was a a document called the Donation of Constantine. Have you heard of this, Josh? Maybe? I have. The I Donation have. of Constantine was a forged document. Even you can ask any Roman Catholic now; they admit it now that is it it is a forged document. But they were saying that this document was related back to Constantine the Great, the first emperor who quote unquote. Uh, converted to Christianity because I don't really know if he did or not because he's kind of a little wonky but he claims that but in any case this document said that Constantine handed over the empire to the church the Catholic the the, which became the Roman Catholic Church to reign over the temporal kingdom and so it was like very much it was very much like a time in which you had this document and Lorenzo Lava actually translated it and he said, this is a forgery. And to and he said why it's a forgery is because the Latin used in that document was way too modern and the words were too modern versus a, a third or a fourth century document back in Constantine's era. And he's like, this this can't be. So he was a very much a reformer as well too, and this in this in the case that he was kind of more Erasmus, not so much Luther, but more Erasmus kind of character. Sure. But he was still one of the guys that I'm surprised the Roman Catholic Church didn't go after and and burn him at the stake because he was bringing a lot of heat out there saying, "Yeah, that's a forgery." And um, he also found some documentation on the Vulgate. So Jerome wrote the Vulgate to Latin. He found the the commentaries from Jerome that related back to a lot of incrustation of the gospel that happened during that period where he was saying, that's not right. Go back to the commentaries. Jerome is actually commentating on that. And some of our um, scribes within the Roman Catholic Church who have transcribed the Vulgate have actually messed that up. That was a very interesting, I mean, that's interesting in itself as well, too, at this time. But So you have all of these, all of these issues happening, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that, you know, there's, there's different popes, uh, there's absenteeism, there's manipulation, yep. there's the inability for the common folk to, under, to, to read scripture, to understand scripture, to be able to use scripture as their authority, right? Yeah. And what ended up happening is it placed in no... In 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 uh, in every pretty much every way, shape, and form, the authority, complete authority of the church, in the hands of the pope, mm-hmm. in the hands of the church, right? And now you have the church, the the Catholic Church of the time, ruling the lands as the government, yep, and as the, the magisterium, uh, yep. yes, yep, and as the religious system, right? Again, them being the only ones that can read and understand scripture. Yep. Right. And the ultimate interpretation, the final interpretation mm-hmm. of that scripture was from the Pope himself. 
One, he, one and, man. And in the case with Jan Hus, Jan Hus brought up all these, basically like what Luther did, only it didn't go well for Jan Hus in the sense that he brought up all these issues with the Roman Catholic Church, and he was very much, Jan Hus wanted to reform it. Then he got a, I think it was like a safety conduct thing where they said, oh, you can safely come to Rome uh-huh. and plead your case. But basically, once yeah. he pleaded his case, they're like, "You're a heretic. You're going to be burned at the stake." Yep. And the Roman, the Roman Catholic Church turned him over to the government, and the government killed him. Yep. So. Yeah. Yep. So, the stage is set, right? Um, and we see in here now. Let's let's begin to speak about uh, some of the uh, some of the atrocities that the church was committing oh, yeah. against the people. Yeah. Right. So we already talked about one of them, the church being the ultimate authority, the 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 common man unable to have unable to read scripture. They didn't have a Bible in their own language. Yeah. Right. Um, and there were a lot of consequences for that. Right. And a lot of horrible things that were done, mm-hmm. um, which necessitated the need for reformation. Yeah. And I mean, on top of that, you have starting to uh, bubble up. Oh my gosh, did I just lose my thought? I'm trying to remember th- my thought now. That's <laughs> okay. You'll remember it. Okay, no, you oh, have the... Oh, yeah, you go. You have the... Um, sorry about that. You have the theology. So what it was interesting in that we talked about all these issues, right? What Luther doesn't go after, and we'll take a look at Luther a little bit more, but what Luther doesn't go after is the structural or moral issues going on or all these other issues... He goes after the theology. He says that the theology of the day is what matters. And he starts to go back to ad fontes, the sources. Yep. And he also, so that means the original Greek and the original Hebrew, those texts within scripture, and he starts to look at those. And then on top of it, he starts looking at the the way of salvation in that high middle uh, medieval era, which basically says, when you're born as a baby... When you get baptized, you are baptismally regenerated. The washing of sin is happened, and then you enter this quote-unquote state of grace, right? And that state of grace leads to this perpetual cycle of you grow up, you sin, you go confess to the priest, you get penance, or what Josh and I will talk about is an indulgence. Yep. And then once that happens... You then go to purgatory where you take your time in because you didn't actually do all the things required of you. That's right. And then once your time in purgatory is done with, then you enter heaven. Right. That was the way of salvation for a quote-unquote commoner Christian at that era. And there were so many ways that the church provided for a nominal fee uh, (laughs) to get time off purgatory because purgatory was the big... uh, uh, boogeyman of the day yeah. is you don't get into heaven until you serve your time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So there were many relics that you could see and touch and kiss uh, that you pay to see. Um, climbing up the steps, right? Yep. Um, you know, Luther's whole journey to to Rome, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, was was part of that. And yeah. that's, again, where he began to see the atrocities that the church was 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 committing yep. against the common people. It was it was a it was very much a a a Jesus in the temple moment yep. where he's looking around and he's seeing all of these goods being sold and all of the all of the atrocities done to the people and he's like this, this isn't right yep. right um, prayer 
I mean, you, the common people weren't allowed to pray in their own language. Yeah. They had to pray in Latin. Yeah. So they didn't understand what they were saying. They were just, they had to pray because if you didn't, you were punished yep. and killed. Yeah. You would, you, like, you had families, you had children, you had individuals praying in their own language, being killed for it because it went against the law of the church. Mm-hmm. Right? So you have all of these means of righteousness that the church is providing. Yeah. For money. Yeah. <laughs> um, and all of these things that the church is saying, if you, in order to be righteous, in order to get into heaven, in order to get time off purgatory, in order to not not be not be consumed by the flames of hell, yeah, you have to do this. 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 And confession and penance and money and indulgences and relics and all of these different things that were placed on the shoulders of the individual to do if they wanted to escape hell. Yeah, I'll give you an example, too, that kind of brings it down into the commoner level. Uh, It's basically along the lines of, let's say I killed, you know, back in the day, I murdered uh, some people. Me. (laughs) Let's say Jack murdered me. I murdered Josh. He Um, finally (laughs) snapped. He couldn't take it anymore. So let's say I, I am a part of a local Roman Catholic church. I murder Josh. I go to the priest. The priest absolves me. Yes. Now, with that, though, he gives me the penance. And the penance is, you, Jack, you have to say 100 million Hail Marys to, for your penance. Or you for a for a small for 5.99 fork over <laughs> fork over some kashiche for a one time deal one time deal you can take you can buy this indulgence that erases that that's in the place of that and then will reduce your time in quote unquote purgatory well and and what makes the deal even sweeter is you could buy indulgences for other people yep if you had a family yeah. member in purgatory yeah like your grandmother or grandfather yeah. The priest would tell you they're they're in purgatory right now. They're suffering. Don't you? If you have the means, wouldn't you see it as your your duty yeah. to, to help get them out of purgatory? Like they played all the angles. Yeah. It wasn't just you. Oh yeah. If you wanted to get your kids and like you could you could get time off purgatory for people that are still alive. Yeah. Like if you wanted your kids out of purgatory or you wanted your wife out of purgatory, man. If you had the means, man, just fork over that money and it's get out of jail free cards all day. Right, man. If, if they only knew what the IRS was, <laughs> the IRS. Here's here's a quote quote from the reformatory. The IRS is the modern is the uh, modern equivalent to the Catholic Church. That's what the IRS is. But yeah, it was it was a give racket. me your money. It was Show a me racket. the money. <laughs> it was a racket back in the day, and I mean, yeah. That kind of not only that, but then the amount of uh, Roman Catholic officials going out throughout the land, setting up these kind of the pop up. Yep. By your indulgences. Yes. Yes. Dude. So okay. So I want to make a recommendation. The. Mo- Excuse me. Wow. I come out of nowhere. Uh, the movie Luther. Yeah. With uh, uh, Jos- Joseph Joseph Fiennes. Joseph Fiennes. Yeah. Fantastic film. If you have not seen that movie, you need to go watch it. Because they do a, actually a really good job. Yeah. It's one of the only quote unquote quote unquote 
Christian movies that I actually think is done well. Yeah. Um, because it wasn't a Christian company that did it. <laughs> but he does a fantastic job. Uh, John John Tetzel's character, they, they nail that, dude. Like, it is it is so good. And it's so true. Yeah. You just make these little pop-up things that would basically, like, you're, you're a traveling snake oil salesman is yeah. what you are, selling indulgences, collecting on a debt that had already been paid by Christ. Yep. Right? So... That's the scene. Yeah, that's the context of what is to happen with old Martin. Yeah, and enter a s- obscure Augustinian monk mm-hmm. with a temper and a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the Lord did some amazing things mm-hmm. through that, uh, yeah. which we will get to yeah. uh, in the next episode. Um, but yeah, so it's it's... All of this just continues to remind me of in the midst of even even great adversity and great pain and great atrocities, the faithfulness of God yeah. to keep for himself a remnant mm-hmm. of true believers, yeah. even the, in the midst of very, very dark times. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I love the Reformation is you see such light being born out of darkness. And it is just a testament to the faithfulness of God, yeah. the faithfulness of his spirit, the long-sufferingness uh, of God. Yeah. Um, and I'm with Sproul in that like, we need a Reformation today. The church needs one. We need a resurgence, a returning to the true gospel, a returning to the centrality of, of Scripture, right? The five solas, yeah. which we're going to cover probably next step yeah. um, or maybe an ep after that. Um, because it's so important. Like, we live in a culture today, even within the church that's so dark, a culture that has moved away from Scripture. Mm-hmm. And even within the church, there is so much of evangelicalism today that has lost sight of the core tenets of Christianity. Yeah. Right? Um, because that's essentially, uh, not even essentially, that's what they are. The five solas are the core tenets of Christianity. Yeah. Um, and we, we talked about this in, back in the days of Daniel. It was like one of the first, it was one of the first series the Reformatory did. It might have been the first series. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it was the five solas. Mm-hmm. And we said then, and I'll say it again, like, in order to be orthodox, in order to be Christian, you have to affirm the five solas. They, they have to be there. You don't have to affirm Calvinism. Yeah. Right? Because there's plenty of non-Calvinist believers. Sure. But the five solas are the pillars of Christianity itself. Mm. And it was what was returned to in the Reformation. Um, they're that important. And like Jack just showed us, like that's the reason they needed to happen was because yeah. this, is, this is what happens. And we're even seeing today what happens when... The authority of scripture is lost. Yeah, absolutely. Josh, my friend. Yeah. Is it that time where Big Eva has sung, sir? Big Eva has sung? (laughs) Get us out of here, Jack. (laughs) Well, if you appreciate uh, just our our church history rantings, if you will. I love watching you nerd out. 
It's, I will, it's, it's a privilege. I, I, will, I will turn off my brain and go into the Matrix. Um, there we go. Yeah. Um, Take that red pill. Yep. Or it's a blue pill. I don't know. I Either seen way, I, Either I way. definitely have Take the, them both, see what happens. the Keanu vibe from that <laughs> Matrix 4. That's that right. One. Um, but if you appreciate our, our uh, vacillations, if you will, on church history and the Reformation and during this Reformation month, you can follow us on the sociables, if you will. The Facebook, which was down for a whole day the other day. Best uh, day of the year. <laughs> Best um, day of the year. I, I thought we were getting cyber attacked, and I'm like, this is how it ends. Um, <laughs> Dude, it was the best um, day of the year. So find us on the Facebook, if you will, the Instagram tied to the Facebook, which if that is down, you're not going to get any feeds off that. But the Twitter, though, the tweaker, it was firing off. It, it, it was running on all cylinders. It was kind of tweaking, though. But in it was. Case, yeah. You can find us all at the tag at Reformatory Pod. Josh, you can tell the lovely people how they can give us money. For not indulgences wow. this month. <laughs> you know what? We're gonna skip that. We're gonna skip that this up. Um, for a nominal fee, you too can get time off purgatory by becoming a Patreon supporter of the Reformatory Podcast. It, it, it does grant you time off. It's proven, proven fact. <laughs> That's horrible. Um, yeah, no, don't don't do that. It feels so weird. I don't want to ask for money now. That's horrible, <laughs> dude. You set it up so bad. I do it most of the time, though. So oh, it's killing case. me. Anyway, uh, we really do thank all of you who support us through prayer, definitely through Patreon for sure, uh, by interacting with us as uh, Jack and I continue to try through this podcast to promote the centrality of the local church in the lives of believers. It's something we believe is important. And uh, we appreciate all of you guys who partner with us in that uh, work. So uh, we thank you all for listening. Happy Reformation Month. We're looking forward to this month, best month of the year. And we will catch you all on the next step of The Reformatory. (laughs) 